Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. We are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. You need to know what it takes for a home loan to fit your budget and your family friend, Rocket Can. It's Ken Garman on CBS Sports Radio, 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Merrill Hodge joins us in 40 minutes. We'll talk playoffs with him. We'll talk quarterbacks with him. We'll talk about the whole shebang with him. Worker shoot, 1220. Connor Green in the hot seat right now. Tell America hi, Connor. What is going on, America? You have been in hiding. You have been in seclusion in the West Wing uh, after the Kim and Kanye divorce, have you not? I have been. I'm very sad about it. It's taken a big toll on my life, but, Ken, we're going to try to move past it and do the best we can. Is there seriously a celebrity couple that's that's broken up that, that has affected you at all in your life? Not that I can think of. I don't understand the people that let celebrities in their lives affect their lives in any way. What about like, well, okay, okay, you're a big sports fan though, right? That's the funny thing. So, so they are yeah. celebrities, so I do yeah. let them, but I don't let you their, see how that works? I don't yeah. let their personal lives affect my and life. And that's, that's, that's a total, you just lied to yourself. You didn't lie to me, you lied to yourself. What's your favorite sports team? Tell me right now. You're My one. favorite sports team is the uh, New York Jets. New York Jets. <sighs> was Plexico Burris with the, No, he wasn't. Was he? No, he wasn't. So when Rex Ryan started licking feet, that didn't affect you because that was his personal life. It did, but only because it affected the team. If Rex well, was... Well, there you go. If there Rex got go. like a divorce or something wait like that... Minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Rex sucking toes shouldn't affect the team. I don't think the team played worse because Rex was sucking toes. There, No, that no, that doesn't <laughs> count. That does not count. No, 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 no. You got toes in your mouth. You can still be a good head coach. You ought to... I heard about some of the stuff that Paul Brown was in, man. You should have seen that. Holy Toledo. And they won a bunch of championships back in the day. Chuck Knoll was probably just into wine and, and, and fine music and and the better things in life. I don't think that Chuck Knoll was a deviant whatsoever. Just because Rex Ryan liked to suck toes doesn't mean that they couldn't win AFC East championships. That doesn't count. But you see where I'm going on that, don't you, Connor? Because there is – I don't I, – I, I was talking – did I lose you? I didn't lose you, did I, Connor? Nope, I'm here. Okay, good. Because I heard a click for a second. Went, Uh-oh. Um – I, I heard about it. I go. I don't. I don't care. But there are people who do. They 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 live their life through celebrities, and we can go. Well, that's really sad. And I go. Yeah, but I spend four hours a day talking about football and, and talking about baseball players and basketball players, and people live vicariously through them. It's just the same thing. It really is. It's the same thing. So if you were upset by that divorce, fine. Maybe Kanye will make some fine music again. I don't know. I'm not really affected by it. I there is. 
an interest in the royal family in my household. We ha- Liz has an app on the Roku here, and it's nothing but royal family shows about the royals. Is that weird to you? Probably is. Yeah, I mean, I, I can kind of understand uh, British people loving the royals, but maybe not Americans. I don't really understand that. It's just, well, all they are, they're basically glorified mascots, are they not? That's it. I mean, it. really, yeah. I mean, really, it's just, it's it's like Ohio State fans' love for Brutus Buckeye. Brutus Buckeye is just, a, he's, a, he's a, a thing that runs around as a Buckeye that everybody loves, but it's, it has no real allegiance to anything. It has no real impact on anything. You pay for it. You pay for its upkeep. You pay for all the other stuff, but it has no real, no real impact on anything else. That's what the, the that's the Royals. It's just a glorified mascot. It's Al. It's the Albert the Alligator at Florida. It's the Otto the Orange over at Syracuse. That's that's all they are. That's all they are. And I will tell you, this channel that Liz has, it's a little he- it's a little heavy on Henry the Eighth stuff. And it's because Henry VIII was probably the most salacious out of them, so there's an interest there. And that includes Prince Charles, so you know we're being pretty salacious. But I'm like, okay, I, I get it. His his leg was basically eating itself, and then he ate himself into a grave, and he was nasty and had people kill, and he was a bad guy. I, I get it. I don't know how much more I need to see on Henry VIII. That's all. I don't know why we went down there, but we did. Are you ready for a worker shoot coming up at 1220? I'm ready, Ken. You damn well better be. All right, enough of the chew and the fat. The great Connor Green joining us. 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern. There's three teams in the playoffs that I'm excited about. There's three teams in the playoffs I'm really, really nervous about. Also, 120. You know where I'm from. You know who my favorite football team is. And I've talked to a lot of you fine folks for a long time. It's actually a short amount of time, but I've gotten, I think I've gotten to know some of the fan bases out there pretty well especially in the Boston area, especially in New England. We have a lot we have a lot of good, strong, loyal listeners in New England who are very, very good to me, and I do mean that sincerely, who have sent personal notes, and I've been very thankful for those. And for a long time I've dreamed about it, and I finally get to live that reality out. And it may be for it might be for 60 minutes, it might be forever, I have no idea. But I get to live that dream out, and I finally realize something. I'm going to make a very loose and greasy analogy coming up at 120. But I feel like I'm born again. My team's in the playoffs, and it may be for a day, it may be for weeks. I have no idea how this thing's going to shake out. But I'm going to tell you this, I'm enjoying life. I got choked up to open up the show Monday morning. Choked up. That's how big it is to this fan base. That's how much football matters to the fan base that I talk to every day. And I'll tell you more about that at 120. So we got a lot to get into. There were some people who were fighting on this. This is what sucks about something that happens on last Sunday night is I got a whole week before I get to give my thought on it, and it's all been said. So guys like me, because I only do this once a week on this network, I have to think about different ways to say the same thing that everybody else has been saying. And I watched the news cycle break. I think Doug Peterson had his pills cut off by his owner and by his general manager right there in front of God and everybody on national television. Quite frankly, Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth, they ended up calling a castration instead of a football game on Sunday. I'm not mad, though. There's this fight because at first when we saw it, there was this 
there was this anger, there was this frustration, and I, I do think rightfully so. I, I saw what Joe Judge said. I retweeted what Joe Judge said. Joe, Ju- Joe Judge was upset, and I agreed with everybody. said, hey, win more than six games. Yeah, yeah, you should. You're in a bad division. You're not a great football team anyway. Win more than six games. Play Daniel Jones. Don't force Daniel Jones to play against Arizona. Maybe, maybe wait another week and give yourself a shot instead of forcing Daniel Jones to play too early. But you live, you learn. It's your first year as a head coach. I don't know. I, I did not have a bunch of sympathy for Joe Judge. I don't have a bunch of sympathy for any of the other teams in that division. I really don't have sympathy for Doug Peterson, where he's a Super Bowl-winning head coach, and he got castrated on national television right there. Boy, I've seen some things on TV. I've never seen anything like that. People woke up, saw Jack Ruby one day. Hey, never seen anything like that. And I got to see that on national television on Sunday night. Boy, and you guys say Al Michaels was the best, too. You guys sit there and talk about some of the ratings sometimes, and Al Michaels called it out better than anybody. Yeah, the NFL fell from number one to number one in the ratings. He rolled up his collar. He put, he pulled down that quarter zip a little bit more, and he just started working the room. I loved it. That was can't-miss television Sunday night. When Nate Sudfeld was in, that was can't-miss. You tell me I wasn't entertained by that? You're crazy. I know you were, and I know America was. But I saw what happened with Doug Peterson. I wasn't mad at Doug Peterson. There was this outrage that poured in, and, and then there was, as the, as the news cycle goes, there was the outrage against the outrage. There were the people who were upset at the people who were outraged because you're stupid. You're not thinking it through. No, 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 no. I'm not mad. I just think it was dumb. Now, sometimes idiocy will get you mad. Not my favorite team. I don't care. I'm just judging from a 1,000 feet away. And what I saw, if it makes sense, I can accept it. I don't have to like it. I'm not mad about it. But if it makes sense, I can accept it. What happened on Sunday night, why I'm so perplexed, it didn't make sense. For an Eagle fan, you, you'll, you'll rationalize it the best way you can. Hey, we got to the, we got to the sixth overall pick instead of the ninth overall pick. All right, let me break this down. If it's Jacksonville and it's the Jets, I feel bad for Sam Darnold. I do pity Sam Darnold. Because the Jets set out this season, Joe Douglas kind of knew what he was doing. Jamal Adams certainly knew what he was doing, said what he said about Adam Gase. Jamal Adams knows and knew then Adam Gase is a lame duck coach. Jamal Adams knew that Adam Gase is going to get canned at the end of this season. And Jamal Adams said what he said because he knew this was going to be a lame duck season. He didn't want to play for a team that wasn't going to be competitive. And they got him the hell out of there and they got a nice price for him. Doesn't help out Sam Darnold. Instead of talking to him and really trying to work things out, doesn't help him out. But the Jets, I think, were already getting set, girding their loins to move on. I might not agree with that. That makes sense. What did I say about Deshaun Watson at the beginning of the show? We are more desperate for quarterbacks than we've ever been, and we're more willing to move on sooner. To a tongue of Iloa, there's good arguments against against him going into 2021 and why the Dolphins should draft a quarterback. I think it's too early. I want to make an argument for Tua, but I it's not that time. But there are arguments about, hey, you're going to be drafting there and you might want to draft a quarterback. You might want to move up. Got a good team, got a good, pretty good defense. Ryan Fitzpatrick ain't going to be here forever. He, he's not there to clean up your mess. So you're going to have to do something to move on because I, I can't keep just saying great things about Brian Flores 
and saying that, well, he's he's working against this, he's working against that. No, you know, next year's going to be the year where they're going to have to make a push. And you might need to go in a different direction with that. It's a weird situation they're in. So we're closer to moving on from quarterbacks than we've ever been, and we're more critical of quarterbacks than we've ever been. Jacksonville. Jacksonville gave up a lot, and they went into the season knowing they were going to be lousy. The players were trying to win. The coach was trying to win. The players were trying to win with the Jets, and the coach was trying to win with the Jets. But they knew. The ownership knew. The fans knew. The general manager knew. Everybody knew. And they went into that season. These are seasons that teams are okay with losing. I, I, I worry about that in the NFL, but it's the business we've chosen, and it's what they've decided to do. Why I'm not upset, but I was perplexed on Sunday night. Okay, you got the sixth pick. What are you doing with Jalen Hurts? You got the sixth pick instead of the ninth pick. Is making a clown out of your head coach, a guy who's won a Super Bowl, making a clown out of your organization, making a clown out of a guy like Jason Kelsey who put his ass on the line for that football team and had an impassioned speech about trying to win just a few weeks earlier, making a clown out of a guy like Zach Ertz who's crying about possibly his last game with the Philadelphia Eagles, is that worth it? Is three draft picks worth it? And you may say it is. If you have a general manager that's worth anything, if you really think that little of your general manager where he can't draft good talent, at number nine instead of number six, you need a new general manager. If you have that little faith in that guy, that three draft positions, three spots, mean more than developing Jalen Hurts because every draft I look at, and this is your question, are you drafting a quarterback or are you not? Are you drafting a position player? Then if you're drafting a position player and Jalen Hurts is your guy, you you went away from valuable playing time and a meaning, yes, a meaningless game, but valuable playing time on a national stage against an opponent who's trying to win to get in for your quarterback who's supposed to be a part of your future because you took him in the second round. You put that aside to draft who? Jamar Chase? Congratulations. And if you have that little effect, and, and I made this at the very beginning of the show, or the very beginning of this segment. I made this statement. You know what team I root for if you listen to this for any time. I'm going to tell you this right now. I, I've seen a lot of top ten draft picks. And you may say the closest thing to the top means the closest thing to a sure thing. I'm going to tell you right now, I've seen a lot of top 10 draft picks come through a door, and they have been bungled, and they have been messed up. You tell me that it's hard to mess up those draft picks, and I say, watch them, because I've watched those draft picks get messed up. I've watched those guys become busts. I have seen those reports. I have read those texts in the middle of the night of God knows who at God knows where. I've seen it. So if you can't tell me that it can't be messed up, I call BS on that because I've seen it with my own eyes. You don't want to see the things I've seen, Eagle fan. It's ugly and it's bad. And if you're that focused on moving from 9 to 6, then you need to fire your general manager because that guy sucks. On the other side for Jalen Hurts, either you wasted last year's draft pick or you've wasted this year's draft pick. Because if you were doing it for a quarterback, the Jags have an excuse. The Jets have an excuse. They want quarterbacks. They want their. I know that the Jets messed up their draft pick from three years ago. I can't continue to just keep yelling at them about their mess up and ruining of Sam Darnold. They need to move forward. Sam's going to need to move forward. We're all going to need to move forward. It's going to be a fresh start with Justin Fields or God knows what else that they might do at the second overall pick. They did it for a reason. If you're not drafting a quarterback, then why do you pick week 17 to do this? 
for three picks, again, it comes back to Howie Roseman. Because, again, a guy who's been an architect of a Super Bowl franchise, we give him credit for this, a guy who's been an architect of a Super Bowl franchise, you're telling me that you don't trust him enough to either evaluate a quarterback and take him in the draft, take him in the draft or that you don't trust him enough to evaluate to take a talent at number nine overall. And for Jalen Hurts, he's either your future or if he's a never was, then what were you doing drafting him in the second round last year instead of putting more talent there on the field for Carson Wentz? And, of course, that brings me to Carson Wentz. A bad contract with wasted money. At least you didn't waste time. But, again, who does it come back to? Either way, this whole thing makes Howie Roseman look bad. But who was the guy who was embarrassed on national television? I didn't see Howie Roseman get castrated on national TV on Sunday night. I saw Doug Peterson. There was probably a couple of comments here and there from Chris Collinsworth, but that wasn't what people were paying attention to. I saw Doug Peterson have to stand there on the sidelines and rectify and somehow justify Nate Sudfeld on the field. You've gone from a great story and Super Bowl champions and another great trophy, or I should say another great statue that represents something wonderful, and thank God you have that, because I know as a fan of a team that's been hard scrabble for a lot of people who are blue-collar, that means a lot. I don't mean to take that away from you. But what has been done on Sunday, and this won't be the memorable part of it, I won't tell this story overall because I won't tell the story for eons and eons and eons because it, it really is. It's it's a drop in the bucket. That's why I'm not mad because I know that this is not the biggest issue in the world. It's just a drop. But on one Sunday night, you took a Super Bowl winning head coach who's had a bad year, had a bad year, and has had his job brought into question. He had chopped his pills off in front of national television, in front of a national audience. I've never seen anything like it. We're in an entertainment we're in an entertainment business in the NFL. That was as entertaining as it gets. I'm not mad. You didn't you didn't insult me. You didn't insult you didn't to me you didn't insult the game. I'm not gonna over I'm not gonna overdo it. I think you did a stupid move at a stupid time that's nonsensical. Now if you take a guy at six overall and he ends up becoming one of the greatest players to ever play whatever position he's gonna play, well then maybe I'll have to walk these comments back. And that's normal because I've had to walk a lot of comments back. But you put your co- you put your head coach's respect in question, and you really walk the NFL over an ugly threshold as well. Because in the NBA, I can look at matchups as a coach, and I can say that this guy's good in this spot, that guy's good in that spot, and I can massage it a little bit. We have such a thing as as load management now, but even before load management, I can massage it. There's guys who shots on the floor don't really work. Guys in certain situations don't really work, and I can play them in spots that it doesn't help out for them, and I can. I can massage a scoreboard. I can make sure I can tank without actually tanking. That happens all the time in basketball. In the NFL, you pulled your rookie quarterback, who's supposed to, I guess, is supposed to be your future, for Nate Sudfeld. Oh, but he said he was going to play him before the game. (laughs) It was a bad idea then. It was a bad idea in real time, and it's certainly a bad idea now. But congratulations, you got the sixth overall pick. Good on you. And all this comes down to one guy. Because if that guy's still making that six overall pick and you think that little of that guy, ain't going to matter. 
855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. We'll try to get into work or shoot. Also, you know what? I want to push back maybe a little bit of work or shoot. Now we got to try to get work or shoot in because we got so much coming up here. Might do it at 140. I got a thought on Lamar Jackson. I think tomorrow's the biggest day of his career for us. That coming up. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Ken Carmen. I'll stay. I also like to live dangerously. As you wish, sir. On CBS Sports Radio. Former NFL fullback analyst Merrill Hodge joins us coming up at 12.40 p.m. Eastern. We're going to do work or shoot, damn it. I got so much to get off my chest. I got to talk about Urban possibly being an NFL head coach. We got to do work or shoot. Connor hit it. Connor hit it. There we go, baby. Now we know the rules. Work or shoot. It's basically like true or false, except false is the first one and true is the second one because a work is a false and shoot is a true. Why is it work or shoot? Because I really like wrestling, so I might as well just make it work or shoot instead of true or false, even though it's false or true. And I don't want to do a same old true or false type of segment. I wanted to do something different, even though it's the same type of segment. So I call it work or shoot. Easy to follow along. Go ahead there, Connor. All right, Ken. Veteran leadership is crucial to postseason success. And this year, history is made as there are five quarterbacks 37 years or older in the playoffs. Tom Brady's 43, Drew Brees is 41, Phillip Rivers is 39, Big Ben is 38, and Aaron Rodgers is 37. These quarterbacks have combined to win 10 total Super Bowls and have 107 total playoff starts between them. So can work or shoot, one of these veteran quarterbacks will win the Super Bowl. Boy, I really like the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. I really like the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers, but yeah, I, I always pick against the, I always pick against the the defending world champion because I always think it's harder to get there. I think that the Steelers, I don't know the Steelers, man. It seemed three weeks in a row they lose, and it seemed like in their own fans, they I mean, they were an unlikable group there. And then they come back against Indianapolis. I think they played with spirit against the Browns in Week 17. I don't know what the Steelers are. I think they're a mystery. I am i don't mean to give away what I can sell, but coming up at one, I, they're in one of the categories who I'm excited, who I'm worried about after the playoffs. I think we probably know where I'm going on that. But I, I, I think that they are a wild card. I think they can go out and they can lose tomorrow night. I think they can go to the AFC Championship game. I have no idea what they are. They have been, for for 11 games, they look like they were going to be the cat's ass, like no one could beat them. And now I have no idea what they're – I can't even fashion an identity right now. I can't. Uh, if I'm picking one, i got to pick Brady. Tampa Bay has – Tampa Bay started out, they had a lot of people paying attention to them. They kind of fell off. Arian seems to have finally gotten the offense, and Tom Brady seems to have finally gotten the offense with him. Because I thought Arians was asking Tom Brady to do things that he couldn't do before. But with the talent around him, they're using that talent. I don't think they're they're forcing it down the field as much. They're just making good plays and, and, and making an offense work. I gotta go boring. I gotta go Tampa Bay. I gotta go. I gotta go Tom Brady. Yes, Tom Brady. I think is, has the best chance it possibly could do it. Next shoot. Oh, by the way, that's a shoot. Yes, straight shoot. All right, Ken, number two, the Cleveland Browns had their best season in recent memory, winning 11 games and reaching the playoffs for the first time since 2002. However, they'll be without head coach Kevin Stefanski tomorrow night, 
when they take on the Steelers. In his place, offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt will call plays for the Browns. So can work or shoot. If you're the Browns, there is no shame in losing this game. These are unfortunate circumstances, and regardless of what happens tomorrow night, they had a great year and have a bright future. I mean, you're putting me in an impossible position. You know what you did here, Connor. They're grown men. It's the playoffs. How can I say shoot? How can I say shoot? If it were against any other team, I'd possibly do it. It's, it's, it's a chief rival. It's a division rival. How can I say shoot? Now, I think in a week, like say they were to, if they were to lose tomorrow night, I think they can win. I really do. If they were to lose tomorrow night, I'd look back and go, you know, you were 11-5, and five, and you played that playoff game without a coach. But also, I would say you won six games without a head coach last year, so what the hell. Um, you, you win 11-5. and five. It looks like you have a franchise quarterback again because I was very nervous about Baker Mayfield after year two. You look like you have one of the fine young coaches in the NFL, and I think the coach of the year. There's just so much to be excited about. So when I calm down the waters, I have to say shoot. Shoot. All right, Ken. Number God, you three. You put me in a tough spot. You are a major league basketball. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Number three, with some of the great quarterback play we saw this season, some yeah. people seem to have forgotten Tom Brady. At 43 years old, the Bucks quarterback threw for 40 touchdowns and led Tampa Bay to an 11-5 and record and their first playoff berth since 2007. Brady now tries to get to his 10th Super Bowl in his career. But work or shoot, Ken, Tom Brady is not getting any younger. At some point in the near future, we'll see a sharp decline in his play. So as a result, this is his last and best chance to win a Super Bowl. That's a shoot. Of course he's not getting any younger. Shoot. That's how life goes. We all get older. We don't get younger. That's not how this works. But the reason I'm not laughing at you and I'm laughing at him is that I've looked at that TB12 book. You can't tell me he doesn't think he can get younger. He's got that Alex Guerrero guy who thinks you can stretch out bones. That guy thinks he could probably get younger. I bet Tom Brady, I bet Tom Brady in, a, in, a, in his private thoughts, I could live to 125. I could live to 130. I bet I could. You think Tom Brady thinks that? I bet he does. I think Brady thinks he's only getting better as he gets older. Oh, now I think there's a lot of quarterbacks who've thought that over years. I do. I think there's a lot of players who thought that over years because he's – his brain is a mastery now of the position. He's seen it all. He's played against them all. He's beaten the best. It's a mastery of the position. But his body is eventually going to fail him. And because of his advance, he's 43. I'd have to say, yeah, it's it's pro- when it does go away, it's going to go away in a heap. I used to have an I used to have a neighbor, great guy. He was a World War II veteran. He rode 30 miles a day on a bike. I mean, he was in incredible shape late 80s, into his late 80s and early 90s. And one day, he woke up, wasn't feeling that good, and he was dead in two weeks. When it goes, it goes. For some of us, it's a long, slow slog, but when it goes, it goes. And when I'm talking about Tom Brady's career, yeah, there's a death of a career. I think that probably next year is maybe when it catches up with him. So I'll say, yes, that's a shoot. This year's that last chance. Let's do one more. Come on. Let's do one more. more. All right, Ken. Tomorrow afternoon could be the final game for Drew Brees in the NFL. He's 41 years old and has neither confirmed or denied that he will retire after the season. 
However, as previously mentioned, Tom Brady is two years older than him and just had one of the best seasons of his career. So can work or shoot, because Tom Brady played so well this year, Drew Brees should put off retirement and return next season. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You're saying Drew Brees should put off retirement or Tom Brady should put off retirement? I Drew Brees, because seeing how Tom Brady's a little bit older and is still oh. playing well, Brees oh. should stick around too. Bodies are not the same. He's been beat up. He looks like Diamond Dallas Page at the end. Uh, I think that that's a I think that's a work. Work. He he he's getting banged up like this. I feel terrible. I I think that he is. I don't think that I don't think that they can win win the Super Bowl. And I think that Drew Brees is probably the most underrated position, or the most underrated quarterback of the generation. Uh, in that MVP conversation consistently, in that Super Bowl conversation consistently, did win a Super Bowl, is a Hall of Famer. But and I know he stuck his foot foot in his mouth earlier this year. Honestly, I don't think that that's going to be the overarching theme of his of his legacy. I think that he's a guy who's done a lot for the city of New Orleans. I think he's a guy who's done a lot for you know that organization. If we're for Drew Brees, I don't know if there's still a Saints in New Orleans. So, I think that his legacy is so big. His legacy is so strong that to only have one Super Bowl, I think people will look back and go, how do you only win one Super Bowl? And they're not going to put him up against some of the very best. Because the times are changing. The standards are changing. But I think that Drew Brees, this is his last year. And I'll miss Drew Brees. Drew Brees has been a good quarterback. Great story. With the first pick, wasn't he the first pick of the second round from San, in San Diego? Purdue quarterbacks, man. Purdue quarterbacks can get the job done. And Drew Brees gets them done better than any of the other Purdue quarterbacks. What, Len Dawson, Brian Greasy. Brian Greasy went to Purdue, right? I think Brian Greasy went to Purdue. Kyle Orton had a nice career. You got good Purdue quarterbacks there. Damn. Yeah, good for Drew Brees. But uh, he's had a great career. I think that this, yeah, it, whether it be this week or next week or the week after, maybe he does go out on, on top. Maybe he does win the Super Bowl. That's good defense. But I think that this is the end for him. Is that the end of work or shoot? That's it, Ken. Well, you had me. You got emotional, angry, happy, laughing. You, you touched them all there. Did a fantastic job, Connor. Well done. Take a bow for America. Merrill Hodge coming up next, 1 o'clock Eastern. The three teams that I'm excited about after this postseason, the three playoff teams I'm nervous about after this postseason. That coming up at 1. Merrill Hodge will join us next. We'll preview some of these games and talk about the renaissance of the fullback. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio right now. It's the latest sports update with Marco Belletti. You're listening to Ken Carmen. Yes! <laughs> yes! Woo! Yeah! On CBS Sports Radio. Urban rumors coming up at 1 o'clock. We'll talk about those. I got a different. I got a couple of different theories about the Jaguars. We'll get into those coming up at 1 o'clock. Also, the three teams I'm most excited about, the three teams I'm most nervous about after the NFL playoffs. Joining us right now on the hotline, great fullback, current analyst. Uh, you've seen him on TV constantly. Uh, you probably grew up with him if you're a guy my age. At Merrill Hodge on Twitter. Merrill Hodge joins us on the show. Merrill, thanks for joining us. Well, good to be with you, Ken. How are you, brother? I'm doing very well. I got to ask you, it, it, does it make you, when you watch football today, is there a confliction or does it make you feel good that we've seen this revitalization of fullbacks, but it's by people who, 
I don't know, classic. Like I, I talked to classic old school, old school football guys who don't like analytics, but it seems to be the analytical people are bringing back the fullback, Merrill. Well, I actually think coaches are bringing them back because <laughs> they, you know, there's 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 a value in them. You know, I mean, if you look at some, you know, let's back up just a little bit um, because analytics and people that are just analytic people. Um, truly don't understand the history of this game, what is a critical component of this game, and has never changed. And unless the field size change or something drastically, physically field wide change, this won't change what I'm about to tell you. The importance of the running game, controlling the tempo of the game, is one of the most com- vital components in winning consistently in the National Football League and winning a Super Bowl. Um, you can, I have, I mean, I played under Chuck Noll, Bill Cower. Um, I came into this league understanding, you know, the importance of running the football, but then, you know, 20 some years of studying the game, 30 plus, almost 40 of playing and studying the game, talking to great coaches like Bill Parcells, you go to the Super Bowl that they won and beat the Buffalo Bills. That was the most critical component in winning that game. They had to control the tempo. So, you know, going to, you know, going back to you know the fullback coming back and being a, a vital role um it's in, in ways to run the football um you control the tempo and it just gives you a much better shot to win consistently in the national football league and to say otherwise on that is actually would be actually complete 100 percent ignorance in fact there's really only one statistic that matters really if you want to talk to analytics you throw, you throw every analytic all the analytics out of out the door turnovers is the greatest indicator of wins and losses in the NFL period, you know, nobody can predict, predict those, you know, but that is the true indicator of wins and losses. It's not all the other garbage that they, they drum up. And you know, when you ignore the running game, you, you'll get exposed. You eventually get exposed um, at some point um, on your run to the Super Bowl. Merrill Hodge joining us on the show. Well, you're a former Steeler. Does that, does that make you nervous about the Steelers? Their running game has not yeah, been very well, good this year. That is, I, I, you know, I, I said it's weak. 13, I said, they're one and done if you can't find that running game. Now, that doesn't mean you need to dominate the national football, but at points you have to be able to walk in there and go, okay, you got a three-point lead. you got three minutes and 30 seconds on the clock, okay? We can win this game, okay, but it ain't going to be chucking it all over the place. You know, you're, you're just asking too much of your, of your quarterback, uh, even though he's a Hall of Famer and a first-down Hall of Famer and one of the greatest ever to play the game. It's still too much to ask. It's too big of a burden. You have to be able to run that when you need it and when it matters, you know. Um, so it is a concern. You know, it is a real concern for, for them. Um, um, at some point, they're going to have to do that. Can they do it in order to win and finish an opponent? Well, we'll only, time will only tell that. But right now, they, they haven't really developed and shown they can do that. Now, anything can materialize in the playoffs, although – in my years and history of playing and studying this league, I just I always feel like if you have a weakness you haven't strengthened, that usually gets exposed in the playoffs. So we'll, we'll have to see on that one. For the for the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, I always kind of go back, and and I always say, gosh, it's hard to put the confetti in the cannon again and and to repeat. Do you pick against Kansas City this year because of that reason, or do they look different from a lot of other teams that we've seen in the past? Well, you listen, from a passing perspective, okay, let's, let's use them for example. I'm going to tell you this. If you look at their run last year, 
uh, where they finished the Super Bowl and what they had throughout the playoffs was their running game. Their running game became um, such a critical component. Why did you go get Elaire out of LSU? Um, I don't know why they did because Andy under, is, you know, finally understood the importance and value. And you go to the Philadelphia Eagle history, if you go back and look at their history when they failed to win in championship games, the NFC championship, it was the lack of the ability to do that. When they lost the Super Bowl, when they have the Patriots on the ropes and they have an ability to, they need to take pressure off Donovan McNabb, they have no running game to lean on. The, the Patriots did. There's a difference in that. Corey Dillon, they turned around and handed off to Corey Dillon like eight straight times to calm things down. Philly never had that, that opportunity. So um, I know that they know the, the value of it, and they, they've had it during the course of the season. Um, but they are so, so good that they can't run into a team in the AFC, especially Buffalo, a team like Buffalo. Uh, shoot, I mean, the Steelers, everybody in there can give them a run for their money. You know? But if they get their running game going, if that's a great compliment and they have that great balance – they will be very hard to beat. You know, um, they have some issues on the back end of their defense where you can get some big plays on them. And if you have that built into you, Buffalo can do that. The Steelers had that point. They run into a bad stretch. Now they, they've got that back in their arsenal. They can do that. So there's ways to attack Kansas City, you know, um, and, and score with them. Um, especially their running game isn't rolling like it like it was at one point. When Clyde, when Hilaire went, went their running game kind of left them a little bit. So, I don't know when he's coming back, to be honest with you, but um, that, that was a big loss. I don't know that many people have talked about it, but that, he, he's a big loss. He's a fantastic runner. I thought he was the best in, in the draft last year. He was just he's dynamic laterally and vertically with extraordinary power. Um, Hodge. He's just a beast, man. Merrill Hodge with us on the show. Find him on Twitter at Merrill Hodge. Um, what's the team that we should be talking more about that we're not talking enough about going into the playoffs here? Well, you know, I don't know what what, what what any of the talk is. I just I think a team like Buffalo is um, Josh Allen has developed, you know, over from coming out of Wyoming, where he was at Wyoming, where he was his first few years, to where he is right now. I think he's one of the most, if not the most dangerous players in football right now. You know, Patrick McCombs has, you know, is obviously dangerous. <laughs> I love the way that kid plays. He is dynamic and special. So they there's nothing negative. Not, there's no negative here. You look at the differences in their dynamics. You know, Mahomes is more acrobatic in his arm ability. Um, Josh is more powerful with his arm ability. And he just does some things from the pocket that are just, just mind-popping. I'll, I'll watch it on tape. Now, I'll have to rewind it and go to the end zone and look at it and go, did I just see that? You know, does that really <laughs> – how does someone do that? I mean, Patrick the same way, but in a different way with acrobatics. But um, uh, the, I just think the Bills. The Bills are, are really, I think, a. if you look at the timing of how they've come together, you know, if you look at the first six weeks of the season, their defense is just, like, really atrocious. However, you know, the lineup, they had, all, you know, they had so many injuries with their defense. You know, they started to get healthy around week 11, 12, I think it was. And now they're kind of morphing into – a really complete football team at the right at the right time, and the history there in Buffalo would be. I mean, listen, Kansas City winning it at, at year fifty wouldn't it be poetic if the Bills were able to pull one off? You know, in all the years that they had been to the Super Bowl. Oh God! I, it, with him, I think for the city, 
I can't imagine the tears. I, can't, I mean, other than if, if you have a rooting interest in one of the other teams, I, I don't know how anybody could even – I mean, even Dolphins fans, I don't know how you can root against the Bills in this situation. It would be very tough. Follow this guy on Twitter, at Merrill Hodge. I want to tell you before we let you go, uh, I follow offensive linemen like crazy. I know your nephew had the COVID. I know he's getting ready for the NFL draft. Continued success for him. Continued success for the family, Merrill. Uh, hopefully he does very, very well. I think it's a great story. All the best to you and the family, my friend. Appreciate it, brother. Thanks, man, brother. Take care, Yes, Kay. sir. You too. Merrill Hodge. At Merrill Hodge on Twitter. That's a great story there with that nephew his. Because uh, the, the father, uh, and if you pay attention to any of that, because uh, I, I like to pay attention to offensive linemen, just people moving that – people who are that large moving like that um, is a very interesting thing to me. And so I've always been interested in offensive lines and, and defensive lines and seeing how those people, those those sizes can move. And I pay attention to that stuff in the draft, and I and I, I knew he was his nephew. And uh, I think it's a it's a great story. The kid was very, very ill with COVID before, had pneumonia, um, and is getting ready for the draft. It's a big, big deal. Big, big deal to the family. So uh, oh, really wishing a lot of success to that fine young man and everybody uh, with him. 855-2124-CBS, 855-2124-227. Interesting what he said about the analytical point of view. Because, I mean, you can tell, like, there, there, is a, there is a machismo with football. There's also a different thought to it. And at times, you know, I, I, I don't want to stress overly on analytics because I think you have to make some decisions based on people and emotions. I think you have to make a lot. But I also think we are seeing a more fun brand of football. I'll explain that coming up maybe next. And I got to get to the Urban Meyer rumors and the three teams I'm excited about, the three teams I'm nervous about after these playoffs. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.